Hi, you are listening to Encouraging Women for Christ, and I'm your host and Bible teacher, Courtney Silberman. Ladies, have you been looking for a simple, straightforward way to understand the book of Revelation? Well, join us today as we take this amazing book one verse at a time using easy-to-understand explanations and other verses in the Bible to go through this incredible book. I know you are going to leave each teaching blessed and refreshed in the Word of God and hopeful in what's to come as a follower of Jesus Christ. And hey, if you are just beginning your journey to understand what a relationship with Jesus is, please join us too. You will learn so much about Jesus' love for you and hear all about how you can enter into a personal relationship with God for yourself. Let's be excited together about the glorious future we have in Christ Jesus. And know we will be blessed, as Revelation 1-3 tells us, when we invest the time in learning the book of Revelation together. Hi, this is Courtney, and welcome back to part two of our study of the seven trumpets. We are going to be in Revelation chapter 9 now, continuing on, and we are going to look at the fifth trumpet and the sixth trumpet in Revelation chapter 9. So let's go ahead and read from Revelation chapter 9. I'm in the New King James Version, and we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Then the fifth angel sounded, And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth. And to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were given, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it, and they will desire to die, and death will flee from them. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months, and they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past, behold, two more woes are coming after these things. In verse 13, Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was two hundred million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in their vision, in the vision, those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. 
and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of the earth, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents having heads and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Okay, let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you so much for your word. As we look at the uh, other true two trumpets in chapter 9, and we just thank you so much for insight into what is going on on the earth at this time and the wickedness and what God needs to do to get the attention of those who have yet to repent and for those who would be judged for their wickedness. We thank you so much, God, that you are in full control and we ask you right now to help us understand your word and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So now in chapter 9, we are looking at the fifth trumpet and the sixth trumpet. And so these two trumpets have severe judgments that come upon the earth. So let's look closely at the fifth trumpet first. It's a locust that come from this bottomless pit. So once the fifth angel sounded, it says in verse 1, I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke from the pit. And then in verse 3, then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth. So these locusts come upon the earth and it says that they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth nor any green thing or any tree but only those men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Verse 5, and, it was, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. So when we are looking at judgments like this, this is such an example of how God is in full control, even in what seems to be the chaos of the judgment. God is in full control over the people he is reaching for the judgments. Now, when we think about locust judgments, we can also look to another prophet from the Old Testament. We can look at the minor prophet, Joel. So let's turn to the book of Joel, chapter 1, and let's look at verses 1 through 12 when it comes to locust uh, locust judgment upon the earth. So go back into the Old Testament. Right at the uh, end part of the Old Testament, there is a section called the Minor Prophets. And they're called minor, not because they're less important, but because their prophecies are shorter than some of the major prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. Their prophecies are very long and those books are very long. So if we go and find Joel um, in the Minor Prophets, and sometimes as you can see, it's a, sometimes hard to find as we're going through them and Joel um, comes right before Amos and so we will look at Joel chapter 1 
And as you're turning there, we're going to look at Joel chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Now, remember with this uh, fifth trumpet, as we just looked at it, Revelation, before I get to Joel, it is talking about how, in verse 4, they were commanded, the locusts, not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those whose only those men who do not have the seal of God in their forehead. Now remember in chapter 7 we looked at the 144,000 from uh, all the children of Israel that were sealed by God. So that's the seal of God that came on the foreheads of the 144,000. So remember they were set apart by God. This judgment is not for them because they had put their faith and trust in Jesus. They were sealed by God. So this is not for them but it is is for those who do not have the seal. So this language is indicating to me that it's possible that this particular um, plague of locusts is focusing very much on the nation of Israel um, because the book of Joel was a prophet to the nation of Israel. And so we'll pick up in Joel chapter 1 and again I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. So let's look at the, what the minor prophet Joel says about this. It says, The word of the Lord that came to Joel the son of Pethuel. And it says, Hear this, you elders, and give ear, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. Awake you drunkards and weep and wail all you drinkers of wine because of the new wine for it has been cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land strong and without number. And when God is talking about my land or his land, he's talking about the land of Israel, the promised land of Israel, promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all their descendants, the nation of Israel. Strong and without number, his teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine, he has ruined my fig tree, he has stripped it bare and thrown it away, its branches are made white. And now I'm in verse 8. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. The field is wasted. The land mourns for the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up. The oil fails. Verse 11, be ashamed you farmers, wail you vine dressers for the wheat and the barley because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine has dried up and the fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. And that was Joel chapter 1 verses 1 through 12. So we get a picture through the prophet Joel of what this uh, plague looks like on the earth when we look at what he says about it. it it's just absolutely amazing. 
that the prophets of Israel and the prophets of Judah during in that section of the Old Testament called the prophets um, what they saw they saw what was going on uh, right during their time or what was about to come very close to their time or within a few hundred years of their time but they also saw all the way to the end of days these last days these last seven years on Israel's uh, clock what was going to happen to the nation of Israel and because this is affecting the nation of Israel it affects the whole earth and that is so often what happens because God's focus is on his land the land of Israel and that is his chosen people and out of that land came the Messiah the one who was the savior of the whole world but God remember during this period of the tribulation is calling the Jewish nation back to himself the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation and these judgments upon the earth get the earth's attention for people to start looking up and start looking to God for help and for salvation so let's uh, pick up in verse 7 and let's look at what these locusts look like so in verse 7 and I'm in Revelation 9 verse 7 it says the shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle on their heads were crowns of something like gold and on their f- and their faces were like the faces of men they had hair like women's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle and they had tails like scorpions and there were stings in their tails their power was to hurt men five months and so this is the description of what these locusts look like this uh, certainly does not sound like anything that occurs in nature locusts that look like this this is a very very possibly demons and this is what this demonic horde of locusts looks like that comes and I think the text tends to indicate that that's exactly what this is this is a demonic plague of locusts because in verse 11 it says and they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in Hebrew was Abaddon but in Greek he had the name Apollyon and so that is what this plague is that comes upon the earth remember God is in full control I think it's so fascinating um, to show his sovereignty that remember in verse um, five it says and they were not given authority to kill them but to torment them for five months and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man it shows God's sovereignty to each individual person and everyone has a chance to repent and believe in Jesus during this time okay so let's go on now to the sixth trumpet and let's take a closer look at what this judgment is it says I'm now I'm in verse 13 Revelation chapter 9 verse 13 then the sixth angel sounded and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates so the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind now we have the first uh, real time statement in the book of Revelation, the first direct 
time statement. So this particular trumpet is set for an appointed time. And that really means that everything else in the seven year tribulation is set for an appointed time because all the events before, so the six seals um, leading up to this have to be at their appointed time and the other first four or five trumpets have to be at their appointed time in order to reach the appointed time for the sixth trumpet. So these four angels who had been bound in the river Euphrates, and I'm in verse 15 again, had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year. God has an appointed time for everything. God is in full control of everything as he always has since the foundation of the world. Okay, now it says in verse 16, then now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. And then in verse uh, 18, it tells us the effects. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which comes out of their mouth. So this is a plague of fire that comes out from these, this army of 200 million that go over the whole earth. And it says in verse 19, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads and with them they do harm. Okay, so let's pause for just a minute and think, why is God doing this? Why is he allowing this judgment upon the earth? Why this sixth trumpet sounding? Well, um, if we take a look, let's look at Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. He was one of the major prophets. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 25 and let's look at verse 1 through 7 to get some insight. And then we will close out Revelation chapter 9 in just a minute. So turn back to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah um, is right in the sort of in the right in the beginning of the prophets and I'm going to look at chapter 25 give us time to turn there okay chapter 25 and so let's read verses 1 through 7 okay and the context here is when Jeremiah is understanding about uh, God's uh, judgment upon the nation of Israel to have the nation of Israel because of their disobedience when they came into the land they did not obey God they did not keep the Sabbath seventh year of the land so that the land would rest so therefore they have 70 years that they were going to be cast out of the nation of Israel they were going to go into exile into Babylon before they were able to return back to the land so Jeremiah talks about this starting in verse 25 and Jeremiah was the prophet that was the one that was alive his prophecy was the one that was going to lead right up into when uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was going to come and he was going to besiege Jerusalem. He was going to destroy the city and take the, the, is, uh, the nation of Israel off into exile into Babylon. So Jeremiah chapter 25 says, 
uh, verse 1 through 7, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, and so let's listen to why God brings these judgments through what Jeremiah says. He says in verse 3, From the thirteenth year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, this is the twenty-third year in which the word of the Lord has come to me, and Jeremiah is speaking here, and I have spoken to you, and he's talking to the nation of Israel, rising early and speaking, but you have not listened. And the Lord has sent to you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but you have not listened nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, Repent now, every one of his evil way and his evil doings, and dwell in the land the Lord has given to you and your fathers forever and ever. Do not go after other gods to serve them and worship them, and do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hands, and I will not harm you. And verse 7, Yet you have not listened to me, says the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. So this is a picture of what God does. He continued to send prophets to Israel that they would listen, that they would hear, heed the warnings of the prophet Jeremiah, that they would repent, that they would return to God, and God would not bring judgment upon them. But that is not what the people did. They did not listen. Jeremiah was sent as the last prophet after a whole long series of hundreds of years of prophets sent to the nation of Israel, repent, do not worship false gods, do not worship the gods of the land, repent and return to God, but they would not listen. So therefore, God had no choice but to bring the judgment upon the nation of Israel and cast them out of the land for 70 years as he spoke to Jeremiah the prophet, but he kept his promise and they returned to the land after 70 years. However, we are seeing the same situation. If we turn back to Revelation chapter 9, we see the same thing. Men's hearts that do not repent even after warning after warning after warning because by the time we get to the sixth trumpet the first five trumpets have already happened but look at men's hearts in verse 20 and verse 21 and it says but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. God brought brings judgment because those who were warned did not repent and they did not turn to God. God is a God of love, but he is also a God of justice. He is a God of mercy and long-suffering, waiting and calling for people to repent, but he is also a God that must bring the judgment and must bring the justice because he is righteous and he has to. He is a perfect father. It's like a father warning a child, do not do that, 
don't do that, don't do that, or else there will be a consequence, there will be discipline, and the child continues to persist in his rebellious ways, refuses to repent, refuses to go the, the right direction back to the father, and finally the father has no choice but to do what he said he was going to do, which is to bring that discipline upon that child, bring that judgment upon that child. And just like the nation of Israel during Jeremiah's time, the nation of Israel did not repent. They did not listen, and therefore God brought the judgment as he does here in Revelation chapter 9 in the sixth trumpet. And so this is the truth about God. This is the truth about God's word. You cannot separate God's justice with God's uh, love. You just cannot. He is both. He is equally fully love and equally fully justice and judgment. He has to be. That is what a righteous God does. So I just uh, want to ask you today, just remember that God is good and he is merciful and to all who would repent and call upon his name, he will eagerly reach out and he will receive you to himself. He will receive your repentance and your salvation will be upon you because you called upon the name of the Lord. You do not have to continue in wickedness and idolatry and run away from God. You can repent. So let's turn to 1 John and chapter 1 and let's read from verses 5 through 9. And it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is the heart of God. He, if we call upon his name, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all our sins and all our unrighteousness. That is his heart. So as we're closing out these uh, trumpet judgments in chapter nine, I just wanna ask you, is there a place where you need to repent? Are you looking toward what they were looking at? Idols of gold and silver, brass, stone, wood, which can neither hear nor walk. What about murders and sorceries and sexual immorality and thefts? Are you trapped in sin that you cannot get out of? Then I urge you to call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. He is ready to save. He is ready to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the perfect blood of the lamb shed on the cross for you. He is ready. Are you willing to turn? Are you willing to repent? Are you willing to come to him so that you too may be saved and may escape from these judgments? He is ready to save. Call upon his name today and receive his love and his mercy where he died on the cross for you. And so we will um, pick up 
on the seventh trumpet when we get into chapter 11. But for now, I want to pray and I want to close out this teaching. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for the warnings that you give us because you are a righteous judge and you are a righteous God. Cause those who hear who may not have turned to you yet to turn and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior because you are ready to forgive and you are ready to heal right now. And we thank you so much for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to our teaching today on the book of Revelation. And if you are looking for more tools and resources from Encouraging Women for Christ, please visit our website at encouragedinchrist.org. We are here to help and encourage you on your journey to learning more about God through His Word.